Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. Rob, how's it going? It's going very well. Excited about the game tonight. And a special guest here in Studio 99, a gentleman who made his pro debut the same season the Oilers, then known as the Alberta Oilers, made their pro debut. 1972-73 in the WHL. I'm pleased to welcome Ross Perkins to the show. Ross, how are you doing? I'm fine, Reed. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for dropping by. It's it's great to see you, and uh, what a what memories you must have. And it, it was it was interesting for you because you had been a really successful player, but you weren't getting that shot to play pro. So how did you become an Alberta Oiler? Well, the last year I was in Fort Worth with uh, the Detroit organization I had a real good year things fell into place really nice and uh, as it turned out that was the year of the WHA starting to make some calls get the, some players in line and stuff and uh, Bill Hunter had called and said uh, would you be interested in coming back to Edmonton and we're going to start the world hockey and uh, things progressed one way to another and uh, we agreed that, uh, yeah, I would come to Edmonton the next year. And then Detroit, at that same time, said, well, you know, we've had you here for five years. We'd like to keep you in the organization. But uh, I said, fine, then uh, pay me some money and I'll <laughs> stay here. And, <laughs> and uh, it turned out that uh, they just didn't want to come across with some dollars that I was uh, make, going to make here with the Oilers. And it uh, turned into uh, Edmonton homecoming really it, it was different back back in that day because the nhl team they almost owned your rights when you were a junior hockey player so you didn't it wasn't like on a junior team nowadays the Edmonton Oilers they have guys that belong to every different organization it was much different then correct yeah we at that time the oil kings were owned by detroit and that's the only club we could go to at that time there was no draft i was like 66 67 and uh, i know garnet bailey was here at that time and al hamilton who were owned by Boston and, and New York, but they had made other arrangements through their management teams to come here. But the rest of us, Bobby Falkenberg, uh, Ronnie Walters, the rest of us were all owned by Detroit. So that's all the only place we could go. So when you go to a team in, in a brand new league and, you know, the WHA was considered this, you know, young upstart league, how is it going to work? What was it? What was it like? I mean, did you feel like, okay, this is... I've made it. This is pro hockey. Was there still some? Okay, wait a minute. I don't know if if everything's quite as organized as they would like it to be. What was it? What was it like the first year in a brand new league? You know what, Reed? When we uh, most of the fellows that come back, a lot of us were ex Oil Kings to start the club, uh, but we had most of us hadn't played NHL at that time. We were still coming through the minor pro ranks and fighting to make our way and uh, we thought we were probably good enough to play there but didn't get the chance and I think that's why we thought well this is our, our good shot at, at making top level pro hockey you know we were pro in minor pro if you want to call it that but it wasn't the NHL and that's what we were trying to get to and then when the, NHL, when the WHA decided to give everybody a chance we thought let's go for it and there's a lot of us that uh, took advantage of it at what what point what, what player that came from the national hockey did you all of a sudden say you know what he is here this legitimizes what we're what we're trying to do here this we are now big leagues because okay. so and so are and so and so have now joined the wha well bobby hull of course was the big one to come to winnipeg but for edmonton 
I think Al Hamilton was a good one. Billy Hickey had decided to stay here. Uh, Dougie Berry was at that time coming out of, I think he came out of Buffalo at that time. Uh, many of our young guys had been either through the Detroit organization or coming from a top caliber Buffalo at that time was Hammy come out of. But uh, most of us come out of up and coming NHL teams. And uh, I thought we had a good mix of everything we needed at that time. That first year of the World Hockey Association, Bobby Hall was uh, fifth in scoring. Andre Lacroix from the yep. Philadelphia Blazers was the uh, leading scorer. Tremendous hockey player, tremendous hockey player, yeah. He was. They had, you know, through the whole league, they was a good dispersal of top caliber. Larry Plough was another one at uh, New England that... Uh, Top caliber hockey besides Bobby in, in Winnipeg, of course. Well, how many how many teams would have been in the NHL at that time? Twelve. Twelve teams. So that was the year they expanded. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's twelve. And WHA teams. had twelve. Exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. only between the two leagues, there's only twenty four. Now we got thirty one in the National Hockey League. Exactly. Which shows yeah. you the the type of caliber of players that were not playing in the NHL at that point. Uh huh. And that's what uh, a lot of us started looking at. You know that uh, differential is minute in a lot of cases just to get the chance and uh, that's what we thought this might give us a chance and it did Ross Perkins joining us on the face-off show as we get you ready for the Oilers and the Flames spent some time uh, with the Oilers in the mid 70s when they were in the WHL I know we were talking briefly before you came on air that uh, you spent uh, what over a decade uh, in Wainwright with the Bison's Junior B Club which is interesting for me because I spent seven years working in Lloydminster covering the Northeastern Alberta Junior B League and the yep. coach of the Flames, Bill Peters, earlier in his career was the coach of the Killam Junior sure. B Wheat Kings in the yeah, same league. As a matter of fact, when I finished with the Oilers, yeah, I, I actually started a life insurance business and moved back to Wainwright, which was my hometown when I left to come to the Oil Kings originally, and uh, got involved with the junior club there and was the coach and general manager there for like 12 years before I moved back to Edmonton, yeah. And now we, we were just talking about the fact that you're, you're helping coach mentor with the Sherd Park Crusaders, which I'm not going to blow your own horn here, but <laughs> all of a sudden they're doing really well this year. Team wasn't I'm not going to take, take credit either, Robbie, but uh, they've done a good job. No, Adam uh, Mana, the coach there, and, and Jeff Wawitka have done a tremendous job, and Kyle Chase to find the players that he's got and make the trades and bring them in there. The Crusaders now are a, a top-caliber team and uh, ranked in the top ten in the in the country. You know, I got I got to ask you more about being in the Junior B League. Sure. Because I know even covering that league uh, over a decade ago, there were some interesting games uh, <laughs> where <I'm> sometimes sure. <laughs> goals weren't the primary focus of the players on the ice. Well, I'm assuming you had a few like that. <laughs> uh, we did, uh, and I know Larry Leach was the originally the coach in Lloydminster, and we had a few battles. Reinie Koberstein was in Barhead, and uh, me coming out of pro a little bit at that time. I'm just a fresh young guy getting into coaching at that time, and there was uh, many heated battles either off the ice or on the ice of who you wanted to play against who. Yeah, there was some good ones. Coaches never got involved, though. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, and now with your involvement with Junior A, and that's become... I'm not going to say it, it never happened, but I mean, so many players used to come out of Major Junior, right? There were there were less international players, as Rob referenced, there weren't as many teams, and now you see so many more players playing Junior A, going to the NCAA, and then maybe more into their early, or sometimes even mid-20s, they, they might get signed by an NHL team or get a look. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously Drake Kajula was out of NCAA, Matt, Matt Benning on the Oilers was originally drafted but then wound up playing in the end so you, you see a lot more guys like that 
taking that route. I mean, Tyson Jost has come out of the AJ, yeah. Kale McCarr. So it's got to be a totally... Um, I mean, the, the uh, junior A isn't okay where you're going to play this and then you're going to play senior men's. I mean, for the top players, there's still that opportunity, maybe a little further down the road, to be in the NHL. Oh, very much so. And the, the caliber of the kids right now, as, as Robbie has just mentioned, that the uh, dedication and uh, everything they give for the game is, just seems to be top-notch for them. They're, everything is at high speed, uh, and they're looking to obviously get drafted, move on to the next level, and whether it be through college or move on to the to Western Hockey League or the major junior, they're still looking to get a little bit of education because the WHL still pays some of their education, or you know, if they decide to stay in the AJHL and take a NCAA route, they're tremendous kids, and they're all going for that top notch. Isn't amazing, though, the skill level of oh. young players nowadays as compared to, I know from when I played, so I, even so more so from when you played. Exactly. It, they, the, I, whether it's the extra training they take, the individual training, the skating, puck handling, a little bit of everything that they take, the extra stuff to get uh, that next step. Uh, I think they've done a tremendous job in all the uh, prep schools that are going now, the college type of teams, and the, where they're practicing basically every day. Uh, add, just added that much more skill to the kids. And I, and I think also the, the coaching nowadays are allowing the players to be themselves, where yep. it used to be, I need you to get to the red line, I need you to dump the puck in. You're a defenseman, wait, wait, make one pass, and that's all we need from you. But right. nowadays, they're allowed to play hockey and be creative. And I agree. And, uh, and Brian Benning and I were talking about that just a couple of days ago with his kid now playing on, on the Crusaders. And, you know, the kids are having fun. And you put some structure in your defensive zone, but give them the offensive freedom to go do what they want and it's working it's uh, tremendous for them and I think that's what Adam and, and Jeff are doing in Sherwood Park right now too so Ross we're going to put you to work before we let you go this is our most popular segment on the show <laughs> actually I don't know if it is I just, I just keep saying as it, as it is and that people will believe me <laughs> our first goal of the game contest you are going to be our celebrity recommendor 7804960063 for our Ched listeners. They can they can take your recommendation or not. Who gets the Oilers first goal tonight, Ross? <laughs> he's, he's thinking about it. There's, there have been Nuge. two choices that have been okay, and that's the third most Nuge. popular yeah. choice. <laughs> <laughs> David and Dreisaitl have been the two most popular choices. You know, Brian Benning didn't pick his kid when we had him on. Oh, really? Oh, we shamed him after <laughs> no, that. We shamed Seriously, him. Seriously, <laughs> as his one opportunity to give his son a little love on the air, yeah. and he doesn't. He goes, I think he went Dreisaitl. <laughs> Ross, thanks for stopping by. I hope we can do this guys, again this I, year. Thanks for sharing some of your memories, and uh, glad things are going well I for really you. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for having me on. That is Ross Perkins live in Studio 99, Oilers and Flames at 7, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to the City Ford Face-Off Show.